Welcome, mamas. On this episode, episode nine, we'll be talking about the must-haves for a intentional and safe postpartum fitness journey. Stay tuned. Ladies, welcome to Power Over Pop. Here we gain power back over our pelvic floor symptoms. We take our life back. We live the quality of life we want to live through fitness. Total body strengthening to help support our pelvic floor and to move on with our lives. As always, this podcast is not a substitute for medical attention. So if you think you have a prolapse or pelvic floor dysfunction and have not been evaluated by a medical professional, so your OBGYN, your midwives, your pelvic floor PT, your urologist, any of those things, then get yourself evaluated. Ask the questions that need to be asked. Get the answers you need to have. Go through pelvic floor physical therapy, and then let me help you take over from there. Learn what you can about your body and then help me get you back into fitness with that newfound knowledge. Again, any exercise can cause harm or discomfort, but you have to be aware of your body. You have to take responsibility for it. These episodes are my experience as a professional and a um, and personal mama with prolapse. Ask your professionals if you have any medical-based concerns. Have a wonderful day. Welcome to episode nine. We're going to talk about the five must-haves of a postpartum fitness uh, routine or regimen here. Uh, I am Christina Supernot. I am a pre- and postnatal fitness specialist. I am a certified personal trainer. That's kind of how I got started. I also am a mom with pelvic floor dysfunction and prolapses. So I myself was diagnosed about five years ago, which was 18 months postpartum for my second pregnancy, and I was diagnosed with bladder and um, uterine prolapses. And at the time, I had no idea what these were and that they could happen. Kind of during the time I was, or I did discover these, was actually when I was doing a lot of fitness. I had really increased my fitness. I was doing you know, jumping, running, things like that. And honestly, I I was leaking urine. I, you know, had this heaviness in my lower abdominal area. And honestly, I didn't think anything of it because I wasn't told to think differently. So when I did get this diagnosis of um, pelvic floor prolapses, I was pretty floored. I was devastated. I was really kind of lost in my next steps. So I took Took a took a little while to um, you know to cry it out, sit in the corner and rock for a little bit. But after that, I really dove into research and I found mentors. I found PTs that um, really empowered me to um, take my power back um, over these pelvic floor symptoms and to not be scared 
in making things worse and being able to live my life. So through them, I, um, I, I then became someone like them. I really like the idea of, of helping others and bringing awareness to this um, very important postpartum journey and then also making it um, okay for people with pelvic floor dysfunction to be able to exercise and actually how important it really is. So back to the topic of today's episode here, um, we're going to kind of go through the five must-haves and kind of to start us out here, number one is going to be breathing and pressure management. So that's our inter-abdominal pressure management. So breathing might seem like a pretty simple act, but honestly, most of us don't breathe correctly or we don't breathe in a way that serves us, especially us as postnatal um, moms and extremely important in the early stages when our tissues and muscles are healing, um, our breathing really has an impact on that. So when I say breathing, your main focus is going to be rib cage breathing. So on that inhale, you should be able to get your rib cage moving. You should have that breath be centered in that rib cage versus chest breathing or belly breathing. If you were a chest breather, so if you were to put your hand, one hand on the belly, one hand on the chest, and you give yourself an inhale and your chest rises, either first or the most, what you're causing there is um, a lot of neck and upper back tension. And then more than likely too, because all of your breath is going into your chest and not going into your torso and supporting the rigidness of the torso um, for your protection, your spinal protection, because that is not happening, you will more likely bear down onto your pelvic floor or out into the weakened abdominal areas because your body needs some kind of stability and it's not getting it from your breath. So if you are shallow breathing, just remember you are more than likely then bearing down when you are faced with an effort. And that could be anything from picking up your child to lifting a heavy weight in the weight room. So, Belly breathing. When we think of putting all of our breath into the belly, we have to think about where that pressure of the air is going. So if you have that weakened separation on the front of your abdominal wall and you are pushing your inhale into that belly, you are in fact reopening that abdominal separation every time you inhale. As you would think, that is going to delay your healing process, and it could most certainly make your separation worse. The other part of this is belly breathing can also put a lot of pressure down into that pelvic floor, so that healing pelvic floor. And depending on a lot of other factors, too, will determine how much pressure is actually put into that pelvic floor. But more than likely, if you are pooching or you have belly breathing, it's it's good to assume that you are having an increased amount of pressure heading south into that healing pelvic floor. If you put too much pressure 
repeatedly into that pelvic floor and out into the abdominal wall, you are going to cause issues like hernias in the abdominal wall and prolapses in your pelvic floor. So that brings us to kind of the idea of pressure management through breathing. And I know we talked about this a little bit in my breathing workshop as well, which is um, a couple episodes back. There's a five-day series on it. Um, highly recommend checking it out. But through our breathing, we will be able to manage our intra-abdominal pressure. And that pressure is where... Uh, where most of the concentration goes. So in other words, we have to make sure that when we inhale, we're not bringing it all up into our chest or we're not pushing it all down into our pelvic floor or out into our abdominal wall. We wanna disperse it. So we need this inhale because we need to get air into our abdominal cavity, which then is going to give us our spinal stability, cause that rigidness through your torso area. So then you can do lifting or running or something along those lines, but not hurt yourself in the process. So we need this rigidity and we need it through our interdominal pressure, but we need to make sure that this pressure is more dispersed and not just locally in certain areas. So that's where our breathing comes in and that's where rib cage breathing comes in. Because if we think about breathing into our rib cage, we are going to get it a little bit in the chest, a little bit in the belly, and then most of it in our mid back and in the lateral or the side parts of our rib cage. Okay, so learning how to breathe appropriately to get the best interabdominal pressure is going to be key before you start to lift anything. Okay, and this is something that you can do immediately postpartum. And I work with women so much during their prenatal st stages because your breathing pattern, your breathing ability is going to change from prenatal to postnatal because you've taken a baby and fluid out of that abdomen. So you're going to have to breathe a little bit differently and you're going to have to relearn it a little bit. But at least you'll have an idea if you've been focusing on it during prenatal strengthening. So that's number one, everyone. Rib cage breathing being able to manage interabdominal pressure. Number two, body alignment. In order for you to be able to get this amazing breath in and have it be dispersed and have your um, pressure be dispersed and have your spine be protected, you need to put your body in the correct alignment. Because if you're slumped forward or you're um, hanging back, um, you know, letting that pelvis fall forward, it's not going to, that breath is not going to be able to get where it needs to get. And more than likely, you're going to be putting excess pressure onto that pelvic floor because of the way you're standing. So optimal body alignment. What we're looking for here is a neutral pelvis. So no hanging on joints. This is going to transfer over into your life stages habits. And honestly, you need to look at your life stages habits before you even move to the gym. Because everything that you learn in your everyday life of how to pick up something, how to carry something, that is all going to transition over into your fitness. And you're just going to strengthen it with your fitness, but you need to know how to do it in your real life as well. So neutral pelvis. What I want you not to do, and this will help you kind of identify your neutral pelvis, 
is I don't want you to, A, hang on the front of your hips. So that means you are standing there, slump forward, you've got your belly out, and you're just hanging there. Think about how much pressure you are putting down into that pelvic floor and out into that abdominal wall. And then you add in some belly breathing. Whew, I, I mean, I, I guess I know why I got my prolapses, that's for sure. So that is called an anterior tilt. And we kind of get into this position naturally during our prenatal stages because we have this belly, we've got larger breasts. And so our pelvis has a hard time staying in the neutral pelvis and it kind of falls forward because of all this extra weight. That's also where we get our lower back pain as well. So this is more like a sway back position. The complete opposite of this is a posterior tilt. And what we usually see here is a clenching and tucking of the glutes because we have weakened core muscles, okay? So we are clenching those glutes, which is then clenching our pelvic floor. And we've talked about this a few times in other episodes, but a muscle needs to be able to lengthen before it contracts. So if you are holding your glutes tight, if you're holding your pelvic floor tight all the time, it is going to actually become weak and fatigued and will not work for you. So body position is key here. We do not want you hanging forward on those hips and we don't want you tucked under in those glutes. We want you in the middle, kind of like a Goldie, um, <laughs> Goldilocks and three bears, there we go that kind of situation. You've got to find your middle ground here. The other thing too, is to think about that you're not hanging on one side of your hip versus the other. So if you tend to hold your baby on one side versus the other, switch them around. Another kind of cool factor to think about actually with that is um, your baby's head mobility and strength. So if you have them all on one side, they're used to kind of looking at one area and their head will stay in that in that side but if you switch them to the other side they're forced to look on the other side so in essence you're actually strengthening their head mobility as well as helping your hip stability and hip strength too okay so the other key aspect with body alignment is i want you just to think about standing taller and that is up and out of those hips so reaching up through the crown of your head to the ceiling, which is essentially going to lengthen the back of your neck and give you a little bit of a chin tuck in the front. So you're elongating through your spine. As far as your chest, you want to try to avoid rounding forward. We'd like to be in that position a lot, especially when we have excess weight in front or when we're breastfeeding. So really think about opening up through the chest, but I don't want you to be in a rigid military pose either. So open chest, letting your shoulders open up, but letting those arms hang. Okay. So we're not going to be cramming our shoulder blades together in the back, but we're also going to try to open up through that chest. The other thing to really think about too, is we're going to be keeping those ribs down. So we're not going to be getting all chesty and um, opening up through the ribs and flaring open through the ribs. So really think about ribs stacked over that neutral pelvis and then the crown of your head reaching for the ceiling. When you do this, one of our goals for our number four must have is going to be accomplished. And that's gonna be correct core muscle firing. So when you reach up and out of those hips, you are going to turn on those lower abs, which is going to help in every aspect of your fitness and your life. 
okay? We have to support our pelvic floor and we support it with the rest of our body. If we are just hanging there on our hips, we are not supporting our pelvic floor. And our pelvic floor really likes to take over for weakened muscles and hence why we end up with pelvic dysfunction and prolapse is because it takes off more than it can chew. We need to support it by lifting up and out of it, strengthening upper body, strengthening our glutes, supporting that pelvic floor with the rest of our body. All right, so think about that next time you're standing around here. Get tall, lift up at that hips, find that neutral pelvis, and see how you feel. Next up, number three we are at here. So muscle firing. When you are pregnant, things tend to stretch out. So muscles tend to stretch out. When they stretch out and they are stretched out for a long period of time, we need to almost reteach them to be able to contract and fire. So this kind of goes along with the core. And if you were not working on your core muscles during your prenatal stages, um, then it's going to take a little bit longer to get that mind-body connection back, but it'll happen. You just need to want to. Um, my prenatal clients, I am constantly talking to them about their core, about their lower abs, and I've had all my clients in their later stages of their pregnancy still be able to feel their core muscles, and that is so, so important for your postnatal recovery. So during postnatal recovery here, we need to make sure that not only is your core firing like it should, but other muscles as well. So let's just kind of go over a couple of those. So your deep core muscles, your transverse abdominis, your corset, those are their muscles um, that are attached, that are basically attached to the front of your pelvis and then attached to your pelvic floor. So kind of intertwined right there with your pelvic floor. You need to make sure that you can locate and feel those versus doing a bunch of crunches and sit-ups and trying to work your outer abdominal area. So what's going to happen with that is that if you work your outer abdominal area and you do not work your corset, you're going to end up building your ab muscles out and not in, and that is not going to be functionally okay for your body. Um, it's also going to put a lot of strain on that pelvic floor, and more than likely you'll end up with prolapses, and you will never heal your diastasis recti. So we need to make sure that we can get that corset, the deep core muscles firing and working, and then seeing what the rest of your abs are doing. We tend to, to be um, belly suckers, <laughs> so we like to suck in our bellies, and what that usually causes is a lot of tension on the upper abs, so your quote-unquote six-pack muscles, and if we're constantly putting tension in those upper abs, we are pushing um, our pressure down into our lower abs, and more than likely, like we talked about, those lower abs are weakened, so we need to locate them, we need to strengthen them, and we need to make sure that the upper abs are not taking over for them. And that's where you get that mommy pooch. So you get that mommy pooch on the bottom there. What that is probably caused by, or it's something to at least look into, is gripping of those, low, of those upper abs and weakened lower abs. Okay? And that is just a recipe for pelvic floor dysfunction right there. The next step where we would look at muscles like your glutes. So if you did not work your glutes during your prenatal phases, which is perfectly fine, we can work them postnatally, that is absolutely fine. 
we need to make sure that those are supporting the rest of your body. Because um, if your glutes are not strong, other muscles are going to take over for your glutes that should not be working, hence the hamstrings. So you might find that um, one of the tests that I like to do with my ladies is make sure that their glutes are firing before their hamstrings. Hamstrings are an assister for the glutes. Your glutes are your prime moving muscles. So this is even just for walking. We need to make sure that those glutes are firing before the hamstrings. If your hamstrings are firing before your glutes, it is going to throw your hip out of alignment. And I want you to remember, Hip dysfunction or, or uh, misalignment of the hips is going to directly impact your pelvic floor and how that functions. So if you have pelvic floor dysfunction, we need to look at your hips and see what's going on there in order to fix your pelvic floor dysfunction. So muscle firing. Those are just a couple of things that we would look at and you need to check before you dive back into fitness. Number four, relearning all of the foundation exercises. Your body is different. As we know, it fires different, it breathes different, it sits different. So we need to relearn all of these foundation exercises, your squat, your deadlift, your push, your pull, all of your core exercises, planking. We need to relearn those exercises and figure out where your body is at right now. By relearning those, we're going to learn about your breathing habits in each of those exercises and what you can handle. You're including the pressure management. You are going to um, learn where you have muscles that are not working, muscles that are overworking, and what you need to do about that. So relearning foundation exercises. And I walk you through every foundation exercise and then help you progress to the next steps of those exercises within all of my courses and on my one-on-ones. So I feel it is incredibly important to start with a good foundation and work up from there. We are looking for long-term success here, ladies. We are not looking for a quick fix. This is long, long-term. So basically when your child is three years old, you will be able our goal is for you to be able to run and jump and not pee your pants or have pelvic pain or hip pain, okay? That is our goal here. And fitness can be for aesthetic purposes, definitely. You feel good. You look good. Um, you know, you get less body fat. All of that stuff is great. But I have learned over the years that exercise is what I need to be able to live my life like I want. So to be able to function, to not have my prolapse symptoms, I need to exercise every single day in a very intentional fashion. It's still fun. It's just a lot more awareness and a lot more intention in my movements. Okay. So relearning those foundation exercises, guys, that's number four. Number five, this kind of goes hand in hand with what we just talked about, but you need to be okay with being a modifier. It is okay to take a couple extra steps. Remember, long-term here, ladies, we are looking for long-term results and long-term comfort. You don't want to end up like me with prolapses. I'm telling you this right off the bat. And if they find prolapses, if your medical professionals find prolapses in your early stages of postpartum, the quicker you do these five things that we just talked about, 
the sooner you would be able to revert or get rid of your prolapse versus waiting like I did almost two years postpartum. Okay. So be a modifier. Be okay with taking those couple steps extra. You are not proving anything to anyone but yourself. Okay. Don't look at the social media and look how fast Sally two doors down got her body back after pregnancy because your body is different and you need to respect it for what it just did. And by respecting it, it is being aware of what it needs from you. All right, ladies, thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that gave you a little bit more of a roadmap as far as postnatal um, fitness and the journey that it takes to, you know, to get where you want to be. Um, it might seem a little overwhelming, but it's, it's not. And if you have the right guidance, if you have the right support, um, if you have the right attitude and mindset going forward, then it's really um it's really not hard. It's really not overwhelming. It's enlightening. It's powering. Um, and it gives you a sense of control in what sometimes feels like a pretty uncontrollable situation. Need that be if you were diagnosed with something or just new motherhood in general. Okay. So feel free to check out my website. It is www.poweroverpop.com. I do have a section there that you can um, hop on and do a, um, a free uh, chat with me. So I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to see how maybe I can help you. I work with prenatal strengthening, postnatal recovery. And then if you have pelvic floor dysfunction, let's get total body fitness into your routine and get your life back. I'm signing off. Thank you so much again. Power it up, ladies. Hey, would you be interested in a 45-minute free coaching session with me, pelvic floor fitness trainer Christina Supernaut? If you are, head over to poweroverpop.com, click on the free session, and apply today. I want to hear your story. I want to know your experiences, what's working, what's not working, your goals, and how you see your fitness in the future despite your pelvic organ prolapse. So again, apply today at poweroverpop.com. Can't wait to hear from you.